Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind as we are coming to you with podcast number 107. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the listenership as we continue on here. And today we have a former Northwest baseball player joining us. Blake Hardegree was a catcher for the Bearcats in 2014 and 2015. Now he's the director of baseball operations at East Carolina, and they are just two wins away from reaching the College World Series. I was excited to get Blake on the phone for this one. He's in the middle of a crazy week getting things ready, but he took some time to chat with us here. Now, East Carolina hosting a Super Regional for the second time ever, and they'll be taking on Texas. Blake's in his third year at ECU. Prior to that, he was the director of player development at Sanford. We talk about this East Carolina team and the excitement within the program heading into the Super Regional, but also Blake stays at Northwest Missouri State. And you're not going to find a more humble guy than Blake Hardegree, a genuinely good dude. I've had the pleasure to get to know him, and I was pumped to be able to get him on the podcast with us today. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I know I really enjoyed talking with him as we got this one recorded. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And our friends at Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information is at clorindahealth.com. Please enjoy today's podcast as we talk with a former Bearcat pursuing a national title. Division I College Baseball Super Regionals begin this weekend, and of course, the Bearcats will be well represented. Blake Hardegree is with us. Blake, what's the feeling like right now around Greenville as East Carolina getting set to host Texas? Oh, man, it is exciting. It, everybody's excited. I mean, I'm looking at our stadium actually right now, and we have a place called the Jungle where there's a bunch of seats now, and there's they're just stacking chairs trying to save spots for the game, and it is is packed. They're, this place is excited. What is capacity? Because I imagine whatever it is, it will go up by at least a couple hundred people uh, once game time rolls around. Oh, yes. Uh, well, so we have like a stadium seating, and it holds about 3,500. But the stadium itself with the outfield and everything is about 5,000. Uh, we had our largest crowd ever against Virginia a couple days ago, I guess last weekend. And we had, it's like 5,056 or something like that. It was the most ever. And so I don't even know what this weekend's going to hold. It's going to be a blast, though. Now, I know people want to look at things in the scope of, like, um, FBS or FCS for football and that sort of thing. I mean, East Carolina, it's not a very big school. It's not a traditional powerhouse in these other sports. But baseball-wise, can you put that into words of, hey, I understand you guys want to see this as football or basketball, but baseball's a pretty big deal around here, and you guys have produced some big-time athletes, and once again, you're winning a lot of games. You know, we and it's a testament to our players. I mean, our players, they do a great job. They come in, they believe in themselves, and, I mean, this place is just a baseball place. I mean, when you if you ever come to Greenville, North Carolina, there's a million-dollar Little League stadium. They host the Little League Softball World Series there. They have, I mean, baseball. That It runs through this town, and uh, it's a little piece of heaven. When people come here, they, they don't realize it, but the crowd, they're involved. They know everything about it. And so when people come here, they're like, wow, this is a baseball school. And so we, we kind of we try not to compare ourselves to um, football or anything, but um, we just take what we have, and we're just thankful for what we do have here. 
Three years now for you at East Carolina. You guys are uh, back in the Super Regional once again. You've got a chance to punch that ticket into Omaha. What have these three years been like as you do kind of get a feel for uh, new surroundings, new coaching staff, and try and just expand your knowledge every day? You know, the best thing I can say is I'm just blessed. I mean, when I think about it, I've been around some awesome people. And coming here, yes, the year three has been great, but every year there's been a type of growth. And you just see it in, I mean, Coach Godwin, he's done a great job. And just, like, seeing how he operates and gets these guys to believe in themselves and helping me just to even believe in myself and make me a better person and coach. So it's one of the things that's – I've just been extremely fortunate to be here. Um, yeah, that's the best way to say it. Well, overall, you guys are 45-19 and 19 as you do head into uh, this next step and a chance to clinch that spot in the College World Series if you can knock off Texas this weekend. How do you not get caught up in all of it? Um, you know, you're supposed to stay focused and, and really keep that mind on the job, keep the players focused at the same time. But, boy, you guys have won 21 of 22, and, and here you are on the cusp it'd be pretty easy to get, get wrapped up in everything going on around you, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And and we do it we do it kind of in multiple ways with our players especially. Um, we tell our players like tonight at 10 o'clock tonight, we tell them not to go on social media. Don't listen to it because you'll believe it when it's good. you also believe it when it's bad. So we kind of tell these guys not to worry about the other team. And, you know, one thing we preach in our program is uh, Pirates is an acronym for us, and we, we preach it all the time and what it means. And so these guys, we tell them to focus on us. We don't care about the opponent. We play our, we play ourselves every game, and we need to play our game because if we start playing towards, towards them and we start playing their game, we're just dealing it right into their hands. And um, we, just, we tell them to focus on us. We're, different. we're a totally different team than Texas. We're a totally different team than the other teams we've played this year. So when we focus on what we do, um, I mean, we kind of saw that early in the season. We, we came out after a year last year. We thought we were going to be – this great amazing team which we are but when you go out there and you don't really believe it and you kind of just expect to win you start getting beat and so we had to get these guys to realize what they're capable of doing and to believe in themselves and um thankfully we've been able to do that and uh it kind of has been helped us out and got us to where we are now those first true two uh first two true series of the season uh bryant and north carolina you guys dropped both of those you lost uh, what five of six to start the season what was the tipping point at what point was there a win or a signature win that you kind of look back to or a series where you're like you know what we, we are pretty good again yeah you know um it's actually our first conference series we went to cincinnati we we're playing at cincinnati and we laid an egg kind of the first day and it started, you saw a shift everybody's kind of frustrated we talked about it's a new season don't worry about what happened and um, you know, our players kind of took ownership, man. Um, we, we always have a team meeting before every game, and we kind of break down, hey, this is what we're going to do. And those team meetings turned into these player-led meetings and guys holding each other accountable, kind of um, calling people out like, hey, man, we were supposed to execute this play here. You didn't get it done. Why didn't you get it done? It turned into guys having conversations and um, – started turning into guys holding each other accountable, and then people started going into games like, you know, hey, i got to get my job done. My teammates are relying on me, and it's not just it's not just we're out here just playing baseball having a good time. It's, there's, it's much bigger than what it is. And those team meetings, ever since we started having the players lead it, we kind of 
we flipped the we flipped the script and kind of went from there and started seeing more success that way, letting the players kind of run the team. Well, here you are uh, in the Super Regional. You're the director of baseball ops for East Carolina. You know, we go back about seven years ago. You're a smart kid, great head in your shoulders. We worked together a little bit there at the St. Joe Mustangs and always enjoyed uh, having a chance to talk to you. But you could tell a bright future was ahead for Blake Hardigree. But we fast forward now, seven years, six years later, how have you grown within the game of baseball? What what have you done to expand that knowledge, to continue growing, to be able to reach this point and beyond? Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I got to give a testament to to the people who kind of helped me get to where I'm at. Like like Matt Johnson, he he's the one who who got me started in coaching, and I can't say thank you enough to him. But without without those people, like him and Coach Pavlovich from Iowa Lakes, and Coach Dunn from Stanford, and Coach Godwin, and all the other assistants that I've been with, um, you know, just having them kind of believe in me and just just uh, let me go with our core principles. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is what I tell people is, is I keep it very simple in my life. There's a lot in this world that can distract people and it pulls people away from the things that matter in life. And I just kind of stuck to my core my core values and principles. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to help them be successful at whether that's on the baseball field or not, and um, it's all about it's all about the inside, not the outside. We want, we I want to grow kids' hearts, and I've I've always kind of been like that, and uh, I kind of that goes back to my mom and dad and kind of the way they raised me, and they always talk about you know treat people the right way and always be kind to people, and I I've just kind of stuck with that my whole my whole coaching career as well, and because I mean we can teach kids to field a baseball and hit a baseball and that kind of thing. But when you teach them to be better people and better teammates, they start playing for something bigger than themselves. You can kind of see you see it flip in their mind, and they just start becoming better players because they start playing for a bigger purpose. And so, you know, I and I mean Matt Johnson taught does that, Coach Pavlovich taught that, uh, Coach Dunn taught that, and obviously Coach Godwin he he teaches he's incredible with it here. So it just kind of being around those right people and investing in our players in the way, um, not just baseball, but in their actual lives. Well, and big time to have those leaders in your lives, but you could tell it's one of those contagious type things that anytime you could spend a little bit of time with Blake at the ball field, it was always good because always a smile on your face. It was always a joy uh, to be around you there. Um, but as you go back, you're at ECU now, Sanford prior to that, but that first college coaching job at Iowa Lakes and, so one thing I thought was interesting, just kind of looking through the bio, but it specifically men- mentioned uh, video analytics. And, of, and of course, yeah. watching tapes, nothing new. Tony Gwynn was doing it like 30 years ago, and, and it was one of the greats. <laughs> but is that something that you're looking for in, in guys with certain mechanics, certain things as you, as you go about it? And has that been a springboard for you in cr- your career from that spot of Iowa Lakes to now? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, you know, that that's kind of – Back, I mean, when I was out of Lakes, video and analytics was a thing, but we we were kind of just kind of. I mean, at junior college, you're very limited to your resources, and so we had a handheld camera, and we were at a radar gun, and we're doing math, and we're doing all this kind of stuff. And now we have TrackMan, and you can have data at your fingertips, you know. Um, but but it definitely springboarded us. But it's one thing like that is kind of the way the game was going, and so when I was when I was going through, I'd go to these coaches' conventions and people would say, hey, man, this is the way the game's going. you got to start learning it. And so I kind of just dove in and started trying to 
pick people's brains. I was DMing coaches and trying to find out ways that how they've had success with it. And I kind of just picked their brains and worked on that and uh, just opened myself up to trying to learn the things that these people know and utilize them towards our team. And then the video, you know, you just you video these guys and the and players. They love to see it. They love to watch themselves play. And when when they see when they see that they're having success, that we try to show them why they're successful so they can have a better understanding of their body or they have a better understanding of what, what type of movement they're creating. And um, when they're not having success, we can show them examples of when they did have success and what's, what's changed since then. And so I think video is a great tool. It, it shows these guys what they're doing and if anything's changed, because it could be the smallest thing in a baseball swing can change. And you can go from squaring up baseballs to miss hitting them. It's amazing just how much, just a few years, how this stuff kind of jumps up and continues to grow and evolve uh, within the game of baseball. But going back even further, you're at Oklahoma Panhandle. You're leading them in in hitting and on-base percentage as a freshman catcher. You're all-conference. What brought you up to Northwest Missouri State to be a Bearcat? Man, I actually love telling this story. So Jay Miller, he actually, um, he played with me at Oklahoma Panhandle State, and our coaching staff had changed and the guy that was coming in was one of our assistants and you know he 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 was great to me my first year but I wasn't super fond of him as a leader and didn't kind of I didn't believe in what he was doing so I told him hey I'm looking for a different route and Jay had got a um, graduate assistantship with the sport information director up there uh, which was Philip Dowden at the time and so Jay said hey man come on up here see if they can play and so I, I reached out to coach Lowe and he reached back out to me and said he, I, I could walk on and I could have a spot. And so I, I just kind of took it and ran with it and kind of didn't know anybody but Jay Miller up until <laughs> I went up there. But um, it was the best thing I ever did. you got to love how these stories of sports weaving in and out kind of bring you uh, to that point and, and on beyond that. Whenever you look at that, you caught some really good pictures at Northwest Missouri State too. Anthony Canapil is a sophomore. Uh, Joseph Hitpiz, Brad Roberts were a freshman. Carson Smith, kind of the elder statesman on the staff at that time. What's it work? What was it like working with those guys? And and just, I feel like the caliber too. You learn little bits and pieces that kind of grow you to help you as you go beyond to become a pitching coach elsewhere and, and and moving up. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, those guys are way smarter than me. You know, uh, I look, like Anthony Canfield. I mean, he his brain is incredible. I I always love picking his brain. I remember even even my senior year. Um, I remember sitting in the dugout talking to him and just asking him, "Hey, what would you do here? What is this? What do you think about this guy?" And then we'd take we'd just kind of play the game within the game. We would ask questions about how other pitchers are doing it. How are they attacking hitters and how are they having success? And so those guys, it, I mean, just leaning on them and kind of understanding them. And, and you know, every, I mean, in college baseball, you have so many different styles of pitchers. You know, you got, you got sinker ballers. You got guys with, um, with a lot of ride on the fastball. You have, uh, guys who like to pitch backwards. You have all these things. And so with those guys, there's, they pitch so different. And so learning how these guys have success with, with Canopy on how he had success, Brad, how he had success. And then you take that into, into other players that are upcoming now and you see, hey, you know, I caught a guy who had a lot of success. He was a sinker ball pitcher. This is how we would pitch. And we would tunnel off this pitch and we would set up guys like this and we would try to get ground balls in these situations, whatever it may be. 
So just having those guys in the dugout and just, I mean, even playing um, at Northwest, you, you're trying to figure out how to have success there. And when you when those guys are helping you um, understand themselves better, it's helped us um, coach these players that we're coaching right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you think about it too. Anthony, of course, up in Iowa coaching right now too, and you've got these good baseball minds, the players alongside you. But, you know, you're out here with uh, Coach Willow and Coach Crease and Matt Johnson there in, in uh, St. Joseph and Johnny Coy and those guys, and now you get to this point. Heck, even working with the stadium ops folks there at Philwell Stadium for a, a sure. summer with an internship too. A lot of it that kind of eventually leads to this point at East Carolina, I mean – have you thought long term? Where do you want this career to go, and in what you would like to be doing in five, ten years? Man, that is—it's uh, so true. I mean, I—I I never thought I'd kind of be where I'm at today, but because of those people, I'm just—I'm so thankful for them all. Um, you know, that's—I get asked this question all the time, and and I'm just so thankful to be where I'm at. I—I I tell people there's some days I think about—I think being an athletic director would be awesome, but I also think coaching baseball and doing it the highest level would be even better. Um, but, you know, I, I, I put my faith in, in the big man and wherever he wants me to be, I feel like he'll lead me that way. And so, I, you know, I, I love what I do here. I'm thankful and blessed to do it. And so one, one of those things that I kind of just, if an opportunity arises and, and I've got the people who I kind of surround myself with think it's a good idea and they think it's a smart move, then I think I'd take it. But I do care about the people around us and what, kind of what they think, so I like to use them and help them mentor me in, in the right direction on what I should and shouldn't do. So I don't know. That's a good, I mean, that's a great question. I wish I had a better answer for you on that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's kind of loaded. Kind of it's a tough one, too, uh, looking at especially yeah. the where you're at right now within this season and everything going on. Um, so a couple wins this weekend. I mean, you have a chance to get yourself – into Omaha, the College World Series for East Carolina, if they can get past Texas. You know, you played a couple years with Northwest Missouri State. You spent a couple uh, summers with the St. Joseph Mustangs. Am I crazy, or does it kind of feel like you're a Northwest Missouri guy? I know you're from Amarillo, Texas, (laughs) but I would have assumed that you grew up in the Midwest. Yeah, no, it's funny. I spent a lot of time in the Midwest. I mean, heck, I think I lived there six years. Um I, I do. I, I mean, I talk about Northwest all the time. I follow them all. The, I, my, our coaching staff here probably gets annoyed at me because I talk about our basketball team and our football team all season. And um, all jokes aside, I talk about how our football team could probably beat our football team over here in East Carolina. <laughs> kind of joking, but um, I honestly kind of think it could still happen. But I do. I follow our baseball team. I follow them. I, I'm invested, man. Like it, I remember. Um, once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. So I, I, we talked to John Pomato. I still talk to old players that I used to play with. I, it, it does have a special place in my heart. My wife is a Bearcat. So, I mean, she's from Omaha area. I mean, Northwest is a great spot. Omaha would be an unofficial homecoming for you uh, for the World <laughs> Series. And you know what? You can make a quick drive up on an off day, too. It, it'd work out perfect. Um, it would. That would be great. <laughs> All right, I got just a couple more. I'll ask you, then I'll let you go. I appreciate you coming on and talking with us in a crazy week for you too, as you're getting set uh, for some big games coming up this weekend there uh, out in Greenville. But uh, the first one I have, yep, gentleman by the name of Caleb Wells. For those that don't know, he's the former St. Joseph Mustangs director of stadium operations. Oh yeah, he told me, and I quote: 
Blake Hardigree has the fastest pop time this side of the Mississippi. Can you confirm that? <laughs> that is great. I remember, I remember him saying that. Yep. No, he's very serious because I'm like, well, I'll ask Blake to see if that's true. And he's like, no, I was there and the scouts were there. It's true. You, you know, that um, I did. I, I was fortunate. I, I did well that day. I was I just I just started coaching with, with the Mustangs, and I'm still holding on to that I want to play pro ball dream. And I went to that workout, and, I mean, my arm was fresh. Uh, I'm, I'm thrown. Uh, it had been a little while. I mean, I'd been playing catch, but nothing – strenuous on the arm or anything but i did i i went out there and the scouts they they liked what they saw and it, it was fun you know but i appreciate caleb saying that that's awesome <laughs> is that hard to, to cut that dream loose finally you you pursue it for so long i mean your entire life essentially then it's like all right i gotta move on to that next step but it, i assume it's pretty hard to let it go you know it, it was um it was at first, and then when I kind of took myself out of the situation, I was like, you know what, there's a bigger purpose, and there's a reason why it's not happening. And so I just tried to find what that purpose was, and it just kind of led me into coaching and helping these guys and help these guys reach their dreams and their potential. So, But, yes, at first, definitely, it was definitely hard to kind of step back out of it. What player growing up did you watch that you tried to emulate? Oh, man, Derek Jeter is the first one that comes to mind. But my favorite player ever was Michael Young from the Rangers. Not a huge name known by a lot of people, but I mean, he, had, he had over 300 in, like, I think 12 to 14 years career. And I loved watching him play. He always uh, – this sounds kind of crazy, but he kept his mouth shut. He played the game. He played the game hard. He played it right. I loved it. I loved it. I couldn't, I could not watch him. I thought he was great. You got to respect that. So you're a Rangers guy, not an Astros guy. I was, yeah, when I was a kid. Now, yeah, now I, I kind of root for them. But now that we, I've been fortunate to have some players. I'm kind of a players fan now instead of a team fan. But I did. I grew up a Rangers fan. All right. So I, I thought maybe you might go Pudge Rodriguez, but that's fine. Ooh, I do. Hey, Pudge is great. Right, Pudge <laughs> is a great one. All right, and the last one I have for you. Uh, Carolina barbecue or Kansas City barbecue? Oh, Kansas City! <laughs> You're just doing that for the listeners. North that's Carolina, all. Carolina, they're going to be so bad. <laughs> I, I argue it all the time here. It is the vinegar base. It is good. I won't say good, but it's not great. Kansas City barbecue is great. It is such bad. It is so much better. It's a it's nice change if you if you haven't had it or you've been Kansas City a lot. It's a nice change to have the vinegar or the mustard base you get out there in Carolina. That's right. It, I do agree with that. But I'll tell you what, I do miss some Kansas City barbecue. Well, maybe we'll bring some up to Omaha here before long. What do you say? Oh, I love that. <laughs> Let's do that. That'd be great. Blake, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Good luck. A big series this week and in beyond. We're looking forward to it. We'll be rooting for you. Awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks again to Blake Hardegree joining us on today's podcast. East Carolina will host Texas in the Super Regional starting on Friday morning at 11 o'clock. We'll be rooting on Blake as that goes along. In case you missed it, last week we had Reese Smith, Northwest Missouri State's men's outdoor track and field national champion as he conquered the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Be sure to check out that episode. Thanks to Northwest Missouri State professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for tuning in. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.